0: Welcome to another episode of Mastering Love and Life with Clifton Brantley. That's me, your host, Clifton Brantley, and I'm so glad you joined me today. Uh, So today, I want to talk about the idea of marriage, but I want to talk about why, number one, why for me, it is difficult teaching marriage in 2023, and then some of the things that makes marriage difficult for you guys, well, I, 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 should, I shouldn't say you guys. I should say all of us because I'm married too, right? But what makes marriage difficult? Like, wh- why is the divorce rate so high? And why is it so difficult for us to get on the same page? You know? So that's what I want to talk about. But let me start with this idea and, and, and somewhat of a frustration, but not really a frustration. Like, I'm using that word for lack of a better word, to be honest. But for me teaching marriage in 2023, particularly the realm in which I teach, because the people that I, I, I teach, uh, not all of them believe in the Bible. Uh, but marriage is God's idea. And I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to, you know, there being many gods. I don't subscribe to you being a god. I don't subscribe to the universe being a God. So I'm coming from a, pers- a, a, a specific perspective, right, when I talk about marriage. So if that's not you and you don't agree with it, then you know, obviously maybe I'm not talking to you. But marriage is God's idea. And so because marriage is God's idea, it works best when we do it the way God said do it, even today. But here's the, here, here, for me, here's the challenge. Um, When I try to tell people, hey, uh, the way you learn how to do marriage or relationships, it's prideful and it's not going to work or you're not going to create the marriage you desire. They don't want to hear that because, see, by and large, people get married. For themselves. No one is running to marriage for the other person, right? No one is, no one is running to marriage because um, I want to make your life better. We say that. We may say that in our vows. We may say that, like, when they come in my office, they may say that. But the reality is you got married because of what you wanted. And I'm not downing you for that, but the problem is uh, that idea of walking in pride, we continue that after the wedding, and so for me, the difficulty in teaching marriage um, in this day and age is that folk don't want to hear truth. People don't want to hear, I got to sacrifice. People don't want to hear what I have to give up. They don't want to hear what I have to change and how I have to grow. What they really want to hear is, fix my partner. What What do they need to change so that my life can be better? And... um it's a challenge. And, and here's the thing, the more I grow as a coach, the more difficult it becomes to teach marriage. And when I say, let me, let me explain what I mean by difficult. Let me explain what I mean by difficult. I don't mean difficult as in like I can't get the words out or I'm afraid to speak truth. Difficult really from the point of people receiving it, right? I don't have an issue teaching at all. I don't have an issue teaching truth. But the challenge is in, is in when people uh, can't receive it because it, it doesn't scratch their itching ears or it doesn't, let's say, their itching soul, right? It doesn't, it doesn't fit with what they thought they signed up for. I've said before, if I could teach uh, premarital, so, so I, have a, I have a premarital program called Preparing for Worse. If I could do that for more married folk, I believe the divorce rate would go down. Now, obviously, that's assuming they're receiving what I'm teaching. But here's my point. Uh, I would let you know up front, if you're coming to marriage to be happy, the wrong place. It's the wrong address. Happiness does not live here. You got to bring happiness with you. If you come to marriage to find happiness, you're going to be uh, in for a rude awakening. Right? Uh, marriage is not the place you come or the, the thing you do because it's next on the list. I've heard that so many times in my office. Why did you get married? Well, because it was the next thing to do. What? See, here's the thing. People don't understand the seriousness, the weight of marriage. How do I know that? Because I didn't. As a matter of fact, even over the last few weeks, I've gotten an even clearer understanding of the weight of marriage. think about this uh, if we just talk about the weight of marriage. and I've said this on the podcast before, but but uh, marriage is the first relationship, the first institution God created before he created the church, before uh, schools, before the family he establishes marriage. Now because he's God and because he can do anything and because he is intentional. He could have created a family first. He could could have created aunts and uncles first and then marriage after that, but that's not what he did. He created marriage first. Marriage is also the relationship that that God uses to explain his relationship with us. Marriage is also, it was at a wedding where Jesus performed his first miracle. And also, uh, you, if you, if you if you're my age or older, back in the day there was this commercial, uh, Ginzu commercial. It was my first time uh, remembering, and it's his first time I saw. It's first I remembering. Um, it was a commercial <laughs> that you know they tell you a feature, and you think it's over, and then they say, "But wait, there's more." Right? That's I feel like they are the originators of that of that concept. And we get these long emails now, and it's it's the idea is, but wait, there's more. So anyway, but wait, there's more. Marriage is the only relationship on the planet that's a covenant relationship, meaning to get out, to get out of it, you gotta die. But there's one more, which made which is what made me say, I want to talk about this particular thing. It is the idea Not the idea, not the idea. It is the reality, the concept and the reality that marriage is the only relationship that God himself joins and only God can separate. Yeah, it's the only one. Divorce, a legal divorce, does not separate you, God does. That's why the Bible says if if a man divorces his wife or if a wife divorces her husband and they marry someone else, they commit adultery because you're still married unless God separates. I'm not going to teach the whole Bible, but trust me, if you don't believe it, study it. It's in there. It's not not hidden. All you got to do is study it a little bit. And that's that that's true of a lot of things in the Bible. If you just study instead of just reading at face value, you'll get a much deeper meaning. But anyway, so marriage is significant, but that ain't how we treat it. Folk treat marriage like it's just another tool to get their needs met. I was talking to my wife, uh, I believe this morning, and we were talking, and I was talking about this concept of marriage and 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 how how serious it is. Marriage marriage is supposed to, especially for the believer, maybe only for the believer, I don't know, but marriage is supposed to tell the truth about the gospel. Marriage is supposed to um, represent God's love for us. And so uh, here's the idea. If, if you read what Jesus says about divorce, the idea is this. If Jesus divorces his bride, then you can divorce yours. If Jesus, if he, if he changes his commitment from, I will never leave you or forsake you Lo, I am with you to the end of the age. If he changes that, then you can get a divorce. That's what marriage is supposed to represent, but that ain't what, that's, that's not why we get married. We get married um, for, for, for insurance benefits. We get married because um, I want a family. I want children. We get married because of I. And then we wonder why we struggle to create an us. We didn't get married for us in the first place. So anyway, before I get off too far on a tangent, the significance of marriage, uh, the, the way we mishandle marriage, it's no, it's no, it's no wonder that uh, society looks the way that it looks. Marriage is the foundation of society. Remember, I just said, it's the first institution God created. That is intentional. It is on marriage that society is built. If we have strong marriages, then we create strong families. Strong families produce um, healthy adults. Healthy adults create strong society, and it repeats. That is why, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but that is why, so many of the enemy's attacks are on marriage. I'm not, I'm not, well, I don't feel like giving a disclaimer. If you have questions, you can ask me. But the, 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 the gay rights movement and the, you know, that whole, that whole sphere of, and I know I'm offending somebody. I'm not trying to, that's not my intent, but here's my point. That's an attack on marriage. Because two men can't have a baby. Two women can't have a baby. It's attack on it's an attack on marriage. And we can't see it because we're so caught up in uh, being politically correct and you know not hurting people's feelings. And, hey, if that's what you want to do, then you should do it. That's dangerous. You don't tell your children that. You do not let your children do whatever they want to do because they feel like doing it. Why? Because you know they don't have enough sense to run their lives that way. In the same way. You may not believe it but you don't have enough sense to run your life by yourself either. I know you're going to keep trying to do it, and you're going to keep crashing and burning. And watch this. Not all crash and burn look like crash and burn. My point is, you need God to help you run your life. But let me get back to marriage. So, so uh, the way God designed marriage, uh, legalizing gay marriage, it's an attack on God's design. To us, it just looks like, you know, it's a civil rights thing or, 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 you know, however you want to name it. But the enemy is crafty. Did you know that traps don't work, work if they look like traps? So it ain't supposed to look like it's supposed to look. But anyway, so that makes it difficult for me to teach marriage to folk, um, at least teach it uh, with, with, w- without restraint, don't want to hear that. And I'm okay with them not wanting to hear it. I'm trying to help your marriage. I am, I am, I am overjoyed, delighted. I'm just, uh, I'm blessed to have the wife that I have, who may not have been raised uh, understanding the importance of marriage. I wasn't either. But as we are discovering it, she embraces it. Like, I don't, I don't have to fight with that. And that's that, I man, that's a blessing, right? But what, why? What, what, let me share, share some things about marriage that, uh, is off that I hear about every day and, uh, <laughs> I try to help people in the way that I can, but most of the time I'm attacking their idol of what they think marriage should be. For example, let's talk about children, uh, Children are not a part of your marriage. Right? Children are not a part of your marriage. Your marriage consists of husband and wife. That's it. That's all. (laughs) Uh, It consists of husband and wife. The children are part of the family, but they're not part of the marriage. And so, your children need to understand that what mom and dad got is separate from us. They have their own thing. Like I was telling the client today, sometimes your children need to come to talk to you and the doors locked because mom and dad in the room closed off. They need to understand that the marriage is sacred and important. But when you constantly have, uh, you know, you, you make the children's needs or wants the priority in the family, Right. Uh, they can sleep in the bed whenever they want. They can barge in the room, whatever they want. Right. They got 30 million activities throughout the week. You can't even live. Husband and wife can't spend time together. We can't we can't go on vacation without the kids like. It's subtle because we love children like don't don't even Jesus said don't forsake these little ones like don't don't prevent these little ones from coming. It's a trick. Marriage is about a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, and if that's strong, then the then the family can be strong. Because if if while you guys are focusing, when I say you guys, uh, maybe I misspoke that, because I know folk will take that and run with it. When we <laughs> when we mistakenly elevate our children to the level of marriage, it so so if the marriage is strong. The whole thing survives. But if the marriage is weak, the family and everything else falls apart. The family cannot support the weight of the The uh, the family cannot support the weight of the marriage. It can only go the other way. So if the marriage is weak, guess what? The children are going to suffer. Even if y'all stay married, they're going to suffer if the marriage is weak. So you want to make your marriage your number one priority. But that's the thing. That's, that's, that's probably the biggest, well, I don't know if it's the, the biggest reason. That's one of the big, I, I so here we go. Three things, three things that I want to highlight that makes marriage difficult, that makes marriage, um, hard, Err, harder, harder. <laughs> not hard, but harder. The first thing is uh, priority. We don't make our partner a priority. When you make your spouse a priority, you're making your marriage a priority. But we'll prioritize the kids. We'll prioritize the kids. Here's my question, and I see this all the time across the board. Why, does your, why do your children have so many activities? Like, they got to do something every night of the week for what? I'm not anti-activities. I'm not anti them taking fencing lessons, them taking karate, them taking musical lessons, swimming, uh, whatever. I'm not anti any of that. But why is it so much? That has taken over your life. Have you concluded, oh, they're going to be a ball player. I've already decided, so let me put them in sports. I've already decided they're going to be a musician. Let me put them in that. But I, or are you just putting them in things that you think would be good for them to keep them busy? Like I don't, and, and I'm not saying that your reasons aren't good, but here's what I am saying. When your children's activities start to affect the health of the marriage, there's a problem. And you need to address it immediately. As my, my homie would say, immediately. Right? You, you got you to address that because it's going to weaken your marriage priority. The next one is patience. We don't have, we don't have patience with each other. Uh, patience. My wife says, she used to tell me all the time, man, I, you know, I, um, I applaud your patience and I couldn't see what she saw. And I'm like, well, okay, thank you. But in my mind, I'm like, man, I didn't even know I was being patient because I'm frustrated as I don't know what. Right. Like, but, but we're not patient with each other. Right. I need you. You've been with me 10 years. I need you to know me. You need to know what I like. You need to know what I don't like. And you need to know it the way I know it. Not possible. It's unrealistic. Be patient with your partner as they learn how to be the spouse that you need. They were not raised like that. They were not raised to be the spouse that you need. Neither were you. Okay, so be patient as they Get over their childhood stuff. Be patient as they learn how to love you. Be patient as you guys compare your internal dictionaries and realize, oh, we wasn't talking about the same thing on that. Oh, that's how you see that? I don't see that that way. right? Be patient as y'all figure that stuff out. Nobody, I said on my podcast um, yesterday or Monday, nobody starts great. No one gets married and then automatically have a great marriage. Because when you get married, you're not even a husband or a wife. You get the title of husband or wife, but you become that in the marriage. So you're not going to start off great, so you're going to need some patience. And then the biggest, the biggest issue in marriage, this is the biggest. And this issue uh, really encompasses every other issue, right? So this is the core. It's not only the core issue in marriage, it's the core issue in life. It's called pride. Pride is at the root of 100% of divorces. Every single one. Every divorce, the root of it is pride. See, pride is about my needs, my wants, my hurts, my desires. Pride is when I am the center of the world. Pride is when everything is about me, to me, and from me right it's all about me it starts and ends with me and you may not think that way consciously but how you navigate in your marriage shows that you think you are the it you are the end all be all that's going to destroy your marriage right and pride all of us humans have pride at a certain level and 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 when i'm talking when i'm talking about pride i'm talking about Pride, I'm talking about selfishness. I'm not talking about, you know, because, you know, we use different words for different things. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm proud of my son for getting all A's, right? Or, you know, I'm proud of the job that I did. That could be considered prideful, but that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when I elevate my wants and needs above yours, when I elevate my hurt above yours. That's pride, because here's the thing. You cannot walk in love and pride at the same time you're going to do one or the other. So if we don't deal with uh, making our partner a priority, if we don't deal with being more patient, and if we don't deal with our pride issues, and the danger of pride is, so the Bible says, pride comes before destruction. Do you know why that is? Because when you're walking in pride, you don't know that you're in it, right? Until destruction shows up. It's like, oh no, this was the wrong path because pride will dress itself up to look like righteousness. So, so uh, priority patience, pride—you want to address those, right? Um, and and you know the idea of giving yourself. Where well, I, I I I asked my class, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I told them. I said, ask your partner what's one thing I can change to make being married to me easier. Right. Prior to that, I told them to ask. I mean, I told them to focus on. Focus more on what you are giving than what you're getting and see how your marriage looks in 30 days. And that's my challenge to you. Focus more on what you're giving than what you're getting. And see how your marriage looks. See, and, and and how do I know? This is the last thing I want to share. How how do I know that we are not um, putting marriage in its proper place? How do I know we're not honoring marriage because we jump in and out of it, in and out of it, so easy? What I've learned over the last few days about marriage and divorce convicted me because I've been divorced twice. I did not understand what I understand now about God joining and separating when the Bible says what God has joined together let no one separate what that really means is if God joined it only God can separate it now here's the thing and this is this this is what threw me God joins every marriage well it's 2023. God joins every heterosexual marriage. That's not what I used to believe. I used to believe if two people got married and they're toxic, yeah, God didn't do that. Because I was thinking from the mindset of when it says God joined, I was equating that to God choosing. Like God says, okay, y'all two get together. I'm going to join y'all together. But it don't work like that. Here's how it works. You decide. Now, God has given you access to his wisdom, access to his word, access to the Holy Spirit, and, you know, uh, life experiences for you to choose a mate that is suitable for you. If you mess that up and you decide to get married, once you decide to get married, God joins you guys as one in heaven. Because God created marriage before he created everything else so it's a world it's a planet idea like it's for the planet ain't just for believers god joins you together and so what that scripture means is this once you get married god has joined you you made a choice to get joined now god god he, he cements that you can't separate it by getting a divorce because it's a covenant relationship the only way to get out of it is death and only God can do that. So when you divorce, and I'm talking to me too, when you divorce, that's why if you get remarried, you're committing adultery. Now, here's the thing. Since I'm on this, didn't expect to go this way either. Adultery is not the unforgivable sin, nor are you committing adultery. Like, you know, you stay in this marriage. So now I'm committing adultery because I left my other two marriages. That, that, that does not line up with scripture anywhere. That doesn't make sense. Right. But we can't ignore what Jesus said. He says you commit adultery. He he did not say you continue to commit it. So you ask for repentance because the forgiveness of God is, is sufficient for you to let that go and move on to be great in your current marriage. But don't get it twisted. You, you cannot unjoin what God has joined together. That shook me when I in my study, and I, I'm like, wow. And, and and again, like I said in the beginning, the reason for that is because it represents Christ's relationship with us, with his bride, with his church. When I just think about that, this is what I told my wife. Uh, today and every day, I am more than sure I've done enough for God to divorce me. For him to say, you know what? I've been dealing with you for 50 years. You ain't got it together yet. I'm done. He don't do that. And 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 not only does he not divorce me, but even in my weaknesses. He don't support my weaknesses, but he still delights in me. Not because of my behavior, but because I'm his creation, because I'm his child. Husbands, how many of you can still delight in your wife when she gets on your reserve nerve? How many of you can delight in your wife when she won't stop talking? Like, I, I just, I just wanna watch the game. Like, Steph Kerr is about to break this record. Can you just, can I just watch the game? Can you still be <laughs> loving to your wife when she's annoying? Wives, can you still respect your husband? When he don't have a job. Can you still respect your husband when he will not help you with the kids? He's being trifling. Can you still respect him? If if you are doing marriage the American way, the answer is no. I'm not putting up with that. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to. You. You you don't want what you deserve. (laughs) Trust and believe you don't want what you deserve. So anyway, um, just a few thoughts on marriage. And I I, I think that um, I kind of just wanted to really just kind of vent my a little bit of my frustration with. um, One of the things about me as a coach and therapist. I've tried to move past it, but sometimes I get too caught up in my, my client stuff. Like when I can see how to help you, I can see why you guys are on this crazy train, and I see how to get off, but you can't see it, and no matter what I say, you can't see it, and I and I know that you're heading towards divorce, and I can understand why you're heading towards divorce, because you think something, like I can see it. It bothers me. And, and I, you know, maybe it shouldn't, but it bothers me. And so... When I see that, and then I can't just speak the flat out truth because you won't receive it, then it's like, oh man, like they're about to make a mistake that they don't have to make. But they're so engulfed in pride because pride makes you think you're right. And then, man, like when I asked the question, who taught you how to do marriage? There's so much. So much erroneous information about that, about doing relationships. People come into my office, and I hear them saying things that are, like, you know, cool sayings. And some of them are true in general, but it's not applicable to this situation or to marriage or, you know, like. So. I think that's I think that's all I want to say on this topic but i want to encourage you to do the work to understand the importance of marriage because everything i believe is definitely true for marriage but i believe that everything works best number 1 when it when 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 it operates the way it was designed to operate when you use it the way it was designed to be used and it works best when it's first created Marriage is God's idea. He created it to work a certain way. It has certain meanings. And um, when you try to do it your way, you're going to suffer. I know. uh, (laughs) I know because I've done it my way many a times. And I don't mean like the times I've been married. I'm talking about in this marriage. I've done it my way. You know, Usher said, she wants it my way. No, she don't. I bet you she wants you to do it God's way. Even if she don't know what God's way is, husband, you learn and do it God's way and she want to change your marriage. Well, I don't know what God's way is. Good. So that's what I'm here for. Call me. Email me. Text me. Something. Let me help you save your marriage. Not just save your marriage, but put you on the road to thriving so that you can have a great marriage. Because see, what you think is great is not rainbows and unicorns. That ain't great. That's fake. That's not real. Great is deep connection. Because here's what's gonna happen to everybody on the planet, life. Life is gonna happen to you. Life is not fair or unfair, it's just life. And it's gonna happen. And what you need is somebody really somebody's with an S, but particularly if you're married, you need somebody to be deeply connected to so that you can navigate the troubled waters of life and come out okay. Even if you got to make it to the other side on broken pieces like Paul did, you can make it. But without relationships, you're going to lose your mind. Humans left alone. Why do you think if, 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 so if I commit a crime, I go to jail. If I'm in jail and I commit a crime, what do I do? I can't go to more jail. What did they, they put you in a solitary confinement. Why? Because isolation, being alone is torture for the human being. God designed it that way. Okay. I hope, I hope some of what I said was helpful for you. Um, you know, I'm making this new commitment, as you heard on my previous episode. I'm making this new commitment to be more consistent. I made a confession and I apologize to you guys, right? Um, God revealed to me, brought to my attention the other day of the reason why I was lacking. I was like, wow. And if you want to know what that thought, if you want to know what that thought is or was, you gotta you gotta listen to the previous episode. But um it was very eye-opening. And so here I am. Walking in my assignment. Uh, it may be choppy. It may be ugly. It may be not perfect. Um, but I'm doing it because it's what he called me to do. Right. So hopefully this was helpful for somebody. Um, and as always, you know, I love comments. And, you know, if, if, if you disagree with something, feel free to share it. I'm open for discussion. Okay. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, then I, I definitely want you to like and sh- share this if it's valuable to you. If it's valuable to you, it'll probably be valuable to someone else, okay? Until next time, I hope that you are doing the things necessary to have the marriage that God wants you to have, all right? Y'all take care.